You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 61. As a content creator, it can sometimes be difficult to find the time to create more content. So in today's episode, I'm going to share some really practical tips for finding more time and posting more content. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience. But building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back, friends. I am so excited that you are tuning into this episode. And as we get really close to the end of this year, I feel like we all just need to take a huge, deep breath together. This has been the year, and I know that you guys are all feeling the weight and also the breath of fresh air that comes with the end of 2020. And I know for a lot of you, you may be starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed about the things that you still want to get done this year. Maybe you are really struggling to set that boundary to take time off at the end of this year. And if that's you, I just want to really encourage you. I have found over and over again that when I take time off from my business, I come back so much more refreshed. And so if you are feeling just totally overwhelmed and over your limit with this year and getting everything done, I want you to just give yourself permission to take that break. Give yourself permission to rest and I promise that when we come back and get started with 2021, we are going to feel so much lighter and more rested having taken that break. Now from a practical side, I want to encourage you that if you are feeling like there is just no way that you are going to be able to unplug for this holiday season, I want you to take some time to do a brain dump and write down everything that you have left to do this year. And then I want you to take a second look at that and figure out what really has to be done. Because so often we put things on our list that don't actually have to get done. It isn't a requirement to get it done. It's just something we would like to get done. And so I want you to really just take a look at that list and just cut things that do not have to be done. Set the due date for January and just allow yourself to have less to do so that you can really enjoy some time off. I think this is just so important to do as entrepreneurs. It is not something I have always been good at doing, but this is one year that I have really set a really hard boundary with myself and my clients to really take off the last two weeks of the year to just rest, work on my business if I do want to work on anything, and just enjoy family time. And so I would really encourage you to do the same thing. If you are new to the podcast, I just want to say welcome, and I am so glad that you are tuning in to this episode, however you may have found it. My name is Madison Weatherill, and I am a web designer for food bloggers. I've been running this podcast for over a year and a half now, and it has honestly just been so amazing to produce content regularly, and I'm really excited to jump into this topic about how to find time to produce more content, and I know this is something that a lot of food bloggers struggle with, and it's feedback that I've heard many times from people that are just wanting to produce more 
content, but can't find the time to do that. So let's jump right into this topic and just dive into these practical tips to find more time, but also to produce more content. Because I think a lot of the time we think that if we have more time, we will be able to do more. And I have found in my own business and in my own life that that isn't always true. Sometimes it's not more time that we need. Sometimes there are other things that are stopping us from doing more. And so I'm going to have a mix of both of those tips. Now back in episode 32, I talked about what you can work on when you don't have a lot of time. And that episode, ironically, was sort of at the beginning of quarantine and kind of was a temporary solution for what I thought was a temporary situation for all of us in not having a lot of time with the changes in childcare and stuff like that. But the reality is that there are times throughout the year in all seasons where you may not have as much time to work on the things that you want to work on. And so again, in this episode, we're just going to dive into this idea of how to find more time and how to also produce more content with that time. So my very first tip is something that I've talked about many times in the podcast, and maybe you have not listened to me yet in taking this exercise, but the very first tip is to track your time. And the reason that this is so important is that when you have not tracked your time, it's really easy to think that you are spending your time really efficiently. And tracking your time can really help you to see areas that you can improve in or ways that you may not be using your time as wisely. So I like to use a Google Chrome extension called Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L. And this is a really great little extension you can put right on your browser and you can start and stop your time whenever you switch tasks. They have other settings where you can automatically start tracking time when you open a new window or you can have it do different things to make this a really seamless process. If you're just really trying to get an idea of what am I even doing when I'm on my computer, this is a great way to just start tracking that to get an idea of what is potentially distracting you or maybe areas where you're not using your time efficiently. I cannot remember if they have an app for your phone, but you could look at another way to somehow track your time using your phone, whether that is using just the built-in features on your phone and writing down notes, or maybe it's every time you take a break to go outside or get a drink of water, you write down what you were just working on before that. But this will really just give you a ballpark idea of how long things are taking you what you're spending your time on, and maybe where you are getting distracted as well. I like to do this exercise for one to two weeks, just depending on your schedule and how often you work. If you have a full-time job, this may need to be a longer exercise to really figure out where you're spending your time when you are working. But this can also be really helpful to do this in your personal life because you may find that you are spending a lot of time doing certain things that really aren't pushing you towards your goals, whether those are personal or business goals. And you might find that you have more time to do certain things when you evaluate how you're already spending your time. This is probably the easiest way to automatically get back some time because it helps you to recognize ways that you are wasting time or just doing things that are not moving you towards those goals that you want to reach. Now, the second way that you can get more time is by outsourcing, and this can look so many different ways. And I know when I say outsourcing, some of you are thinking, well, I am not making money from my blog or I I'm not in a position that I want to or can invest money back into my blog. And that is totally okay. There are different ways that you can outsource things that don't cost any money. For example, maybe you need to outsource some things at home. Or maybe you need to ask a child to help do things around the house. Maybe it's something like 
doing a meal delivery service or doing a grocery order service, there are a lot of ways that you can get back time that don't necessarily involve your blog, but they can free up time to work on your blog. And so when you are looking at the time that you tracked and how you are spending your time, look and see if there are ways that you could simplify or eliminate things that you are doing because that can be an automatic way for you to get a little bit more time. And then you can choose whether you want to use that time to work on your blog or to do something else. But this can also be outsourcing specific tasks in your business. So it could be things like hiring an editor or a writer, or it could be hiring a virtual assistant to take care of things behind the scenes. Really, you can outsource pretty much anything within your business. It just comes down to what things you like to do the best and then finding people who are really good at the other things that you don't like to do or you aren't good at doing. This is a whole nother topic of conversation, but I always like to bring this up because when people are feeling like they don't have enough time, often they need to buy back that time through outsourcing, whether it's at home or in your business. And this is something that I have really just taken to heart ever since I had kids. I have really prioritized investing money back into my business through people and outsourcing and outsourcing at home. Time has really become my scarcest resource. And so if you are feeling that way as well, then outsourcing more things really can be a great way to get some time back. Okay, so I mentioned this earlier, but often our issue may not be that we don't have enough time. Often it is that we are not using our time completely effectively. And so my biggest tip for making sure that you are using your time wisely and really moving forward and making progress on whatever goals you are setting is that you have to first set those goals. Now, goal setting is not something that I have always been great at, and it is still something that I am really working on. But one thing that has really helped me this last year especially is looking at goal setting in a different way. So instead of setting these year-long or quarter-long goals that are really big and kind of scary and hard to achieve, I break this down into weekly and even daily goals. So the way that this looks for my business is that I try my best to every week set one major goal that I want to accomplish. So These goals are going to be things that are more focused on my business and things that I want to move my business forward. And the other part about this is that typically these are not going to be goals that you would automatically get done. So for example, if you have a sponsored post that is due and you have to get that done, it's not the best goal to put on there because you're probably going to get it done regardless. But if there's a goal that you really want to make progress on, but you need that accountability with yourself, then having that as your weekly goal is a really great thing to focus on. And then after that, I set three daily goals or tasks that I'm going to get done. Now, these may or may not be related to that weekly goal, but they are the things that if nothing else gets done on that day, but I got those three things done, then I will be super pleased with myself because we usually have hundreds of things on our to-do list, but if we can just narrow it down to three things that we have to get done, then it makes it a lot more manageable and that will help just give you momentum going through the week to have set goals and achieved them on day one and it will help you to do it on day two, day three, all the way through the week and then you'll start to see real progress on the things that you are working on and trying to do. Now, if you are someone who routinely does not get what is on your to-do list done or you struggle with follow-through, first of all, let me say that you are not alone in this at all. This is definitely something that I have had to work on a lot. Again, my to-do list is usually overflowing and I've really had to work hard on being more 
efficient at picking what I'm going to get done. And then the second part of that is really trusting myself to get it done. So this is kind of more of a mindset thing, but if, again, if you have struggled with follow through and you've struggled with getting things done that you want to get done, you may have to flip the script and start trusting yourself again. And so one really easy way to do this is to just take a post-it note and write down a little bit of an affirmation for yourself. So I actually did this last week in my planner because I had a really busy week just trying to wrap up client projects before the end of the year, but it was a great reminder every single day to just trust myself that I could get the work done that I said I was going to get done. And again, this is more of a mindset thing, but I have found that when we get into a pattern of not getting things done or not getting enough done for our own standards, it is really easy to just stay in that negative mindset of I don't have enough time, I'll never get it all done. And so again, when we flip that script and we start to tell ourselves that we do have enough time and we can get the work done, it opens up our brain to actually be willing to do that and to get the work done. So Again, that's a little bit of a mindset thing. Maybe we'll talk about that more in another episode. But I just wanted to mention that for those of you who have felt like there is a pattern of not getting things done, this can be a really powerful way to start actually getting the things done that you want to get done. Okay, so now that we have figured out where we may be wasting some time and where we can free up a little bit of time and maybe figured out a couple of things that you could outsource or ask for help on around the house, Now let's talk about some ways to produce more content. So again, the idea behind this whole thing is sometimes we don't feel like we have enough time, but once we can free up a little bit of time, now it comes down to how do we produce more content? Because at the end of the day, content takes time. And so let's just talk about a couple of ways that you can be more efficient in creating more content. The first way is that I really want to encourage you to think beyond recipes. Now this can apply and really all of the rest of what I'm going to say in this episode can apply to any type of content. So whether you are posting blog posts or you are creating social media content, maybe you're a podcaster, but just think beyond the box that you might find your content in right now. So if you're a food blogger, which I know most of you are, think beyond a recipe blog post. And I know when I say that, so many of you are cringing because you are very stuck in the idea that you have to produce only recipe content. But here is why I want you to rethink this. Your recipe content can and should have supporting content for it. So I was just talking to a friend about this a couple weeks ago, and I was trying to figure out how to work on some blog posts for my food blog, but not wanting to spend as much time as it requires to do an entire recipe blog post. And I was talking about a blueberry muffin recipe that is my number one recipe on my site, and it has been for a really long time. And we started talking about different ways that I could add supplementary content around that blog post. So for that idea, maybe it's something like how to freeze muffins or how to store muffins or a roundup of the best blueberry muffin recipes. There are so many different ways that you can take one piece of content that is on your site and already doing well and create three or four supplementary blog posts around it. And oftentimes these posts are so much easier to create because you don't have to develop a recipe and shoot photos for it. Or if you do have to shoot photos, you can just do the final photo of the blueberry muffin in this case, rather than all of the process shots and all of those other parts of the blog post that you have to do for a recipe post. And so this can be a really easy way to take a piece of content that you already have and just expand upon it in another blog post, which 
then you can link back to the original blog post and it just all supports one another. But it is a lot easier to produce that type of content than it is to produce a full recipe. And again, this can apply on social media as well. So instead of promoting the blog post that already exists, maybe you take all of the different tips that you have in a blog post and you separate each of those into different social media posts. So whether it's Facebook or Instagram, you separate each of those helpful tips into their own post. Obviously you can spread them out throughout the month, but this is a way that you can take one blog post that you already had and expand it into multiple blog posts, multiple social media posts, all while still giving your readers so much value because you're just sharing helpful information. You are not cutting corners and producing content that is not as good as your recipe content. It's just different, but it is all complementary to the original blog post and all just adds value to the overall experience that somebody is having on your site. Okay, the second way to produce more content is to start batching your content. So in that example, I was just sharing with taking the blog post and turning it into a bunch of social media posts. You can batch that process in a couple of different ways. So I typically like to break apart the actual actions that I'm having to take to do something. So for example, I will outline multiple podcast episodes at once. Then I will record multiple podcast episodes at once. Then my team can potentially batch edit and and batch write the blog posts for those podcast episodes. So instead of me sitting down and doing everything from start to finish for just one podcast episode, we're able to get through two or three in the same amount of time or just a little bit longer instead of it being three times the amount of time that one episode would take. And so I would really just encourage you to think about how you can do this with your content and That leads me into my last topic, which is to create a process for your blog posts. So again, I know some of you are probably cringing hearing me say that because writing your blog posts can be such a creative thing and a creative outlet, but having a process for it can make it so much more efficient. And when we are talking about time scarcity and needing more time to produce more content, this is one of the easiest ways to do that is just creating a system for how you write your blog posts. What is the order of operation in this case? How do you handle developing your recipe, taking photos of your recipe, writing your blog post, publishing your blog post, sharing your blog post? Right there, you already have part of a process. That's, I think, five steps is what I said. And from there, you can break down each of those main steps into five or six items. And then every time you do it, you follow that process. It takes the mental effort out of remembering how to do it. And it also just makes things more streamlined and consistent across the board. It will help your content to be better because you have a system to follow every single time. Now, you don't need to do this for every single part of your process from recipe development all the way to content sharing, like I mentioned earlier, but you can start with just one piece of that that is easy for you. So whether it is how you do your photo shoot or how you do your social media sharing, just add in a little bit of time the next time you're working on it to just write down what you did and how you did it because this is going to help you to do the same thing the next time and tweak it or adjust it. You can also use this as the start to figuring out ways that somebody else can help you with this process. So if you have it all documented, it's going to be a lot easier to bring someone on to help you with it when you are ready to do that. Okay, so that covers our six ways that you can find time and post more content. So to run through them again really quickly, first is to track your time. Second is to outsource things, whether that's at home or in your business, to get more time. The next is to set weekly and daily goals so that you can make progress and see 
and build momentum in your business. And then in terms of posting more content, the tips for that were to think beyond recipe posts and publish other content that is related and supporting instead of just recipe content. Figure out a way to batch your content or parts of the content process. And last, to create a process for your blog posts. Now, honestly, I know that this was a lot in one episode. I probably could break each of these topics into an episode and maybe I will do that. But as we were just wrapping up the year, this was just really on my mind because these are things that I'm working on in my business too. And I know for the types of businesses that we have where we are producing content and a lot of it, we really have to streamline that process and figure out a way to do it more efficiently. And so I hope if nothing else, this gives you some things to think about and whichever of these six things really resonated with you the most, that's what I want you to focus on first. You don't have to do it in this exact order. You could pick one of these things to implement in the next couple of weeks or maybe you decide to do this one thing for all of January. But I think these ways can really help you to just find more time, which will give you both the space and the time to create more content and also give you some ideas for how you can create more content easily. Instead of feeling like you have to create more recipe content, you can have some different things that you can do that might be a little bit easier for you. I hope this episode was helpful. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback as I figure out my own strategy for content creation and the topics that I want to cover. It is so helpful for me to hear what resonates with you guys and I can always tell the episodes that you guys love by how many downloads it gets, how many people take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram and tag me at Grace and Vine or how many people just reach out via Instagram DMs or comment on the blog post with the show notes. I can always tell which of the episodes resonate the most with you guys based on your engagement and interaction and I know you guys know what that is like because that's exactly how you know which recipes are the best of yours and so if you liked this content please let me know if you want me to do episodes on each of these six topics, let me know that too, because I am happy to fit that into my content schedule for quarter one or quarter two. And I'm just really looking forward to how your business is going to grow in 2021. And I'm so excited to be a part of that process through this podcast and just through the way that I work with clients. So again, I just, I'm really excited for what is to come and I hope that these tips were helpful and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.